0: Listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN.
1: Join me in welcoming to ESPN New York here on 98.7 ESPN, Mr. Teddy Greenstein. He is a columnist and reporter for the Chicago Tribune. Teddy, welcome to the Big Apple.
0: Thank you, Larry. You probably don't know this, man. I'm from Manhattan. So, oh, you uh, really? You know, well, welcome home. Yeah. Thank you. Absolutely. Shout out to all my uh, New York family and friends listening. man. Great to be on the show.
1: Excellent. Thanks for joining us. Giving us a few minutes. Teddy, how is the last dance playing out in Chicago?
0: Oh, man, it's like the Super Bowl here. It is. Uh, it's like a national holiday. I mean, at the Tribune, it's, we're covering a documentary as if it's like a live sporting event. I mean, we're probably writing 10 stories a week. Uh it's been uh it's been great for us. We are milking it for all it's worth. I've written stories so far on uh, Jerry Krause and Doug Collins and just did a Q&A with Jeffrey Jordan, Michael's oldest son. Um, you know, episode recaps. Uh, you know, I'm surprised we don't have Judd Bushler writing guest columns for us. <laughs> you know, it was great times for us. Uh, you know, the Bulls really haven't been great since. Obviously they had the stretch with uh, with Derek Rose. It was so promising in that Uh, And then that went away. That went poof. So, uh, you know, quarantine or not, it would have been huge. But because of what's going on, it is uh, ginormous here in Chicago.
1: I think I know. But, Teddy, you're in Chicago, so you're better able to tell me. How is Jerry Krause remembered? I mean, on the one hand, he was he was the architect that put this run together of six championships. But on the other end, he's a guy that, as I mentioned earlier, it's kind of like that Bill Belichick guy. You know, I want to I want to end things before it gets really bad. (laughs) So, you know, we we could win some more, but I want to end it because I'm not quite sure. How, How is he remembered in Chicago?
0: Yeah, and for me as an old Jets fan, I despise Bill Belichick with all my with every bone in my body. Uh, you know, Krauss is uh, is mixed, but I'd say more negative than positive. You know what you've seen, uh, Larry, from Last Dance is yeah. Look, he was smart enough to draft Horace Grant. He uh, engineered the draft day trade for Scotty Pippen, and he's responsible for Phil Jackson coming onto Doug Collins' staff um you know he also traded for john Paxson. he did so many things in putting together a roster but he just had all these personal qualities and made it so hard to root for him i mean like he's the opposite of michael jordan michael jordan is the smoothest guy i've ever been around and jerry Krause was just really kind of clunky and always looking to take credit and just didn't look the part um and then on top of it he's obviously blamed for breaking up the dynasty now look Jerry Reinsdorf didn't have to go along with what Jerry Krause wanted to do. Reinsdorf could have stepped in and said, hey, Phil's going to be the coach here as long as he wants. We want Michael back. We want to keep this going. So Reinsdorf allowed Krause to do this. But, you know, keep in mind, obviously, this hasn't come out in the last dance yet. People also blame him because not only did he tear down the Bulls, but then the Bulls were terrible for the next four or five years after. Tim Floyd was the coach. They had... You know, Eddie Curry, a bunch of young guys, they lost at uh, ridiculous rates. So it's more negative than positive for Jerry, even though he was the architect of those great teams.
1: What was it about him, Teddy, that he always had the next coach in waiting, right? When it was Doug Collins, he's got Phil Jackson walking around. With Phil Jackson, he's got Tim Floyd walking around. I mean, what what was that? Was that kind of a leverage thing to let you know, hey, listen, I've got your replacement right here?
0: Yeah, and also, like, Doug Collins is Michael Jordan's third coach. Kevin loggery. he had, yeah. he had um, Stan Albeck. You know, there was a little bit of Stan in, uh, in the last dance. You know, Stan Albeck, um, he was the coach when Michael missed 63 games with the broken foot, and they still made the playoffs. Now, granted, they made the playoffs going 30-52, and 52, but Stan Albeck got fired and had a great quote. He said, my God, even if you get busted for drugs in the NBA, you get a second chance. He only got one year with the Bulls, so it does just go to show like Jerry Krause. I mean, he had a very specific role in mind for coaches, and if you fell out of favor with him, it was hard to get back. When when Doug Collins was fired after, I believe, three years with the Bulls, the city of Chicago was shocked. Now, give Jerry Krause credit, it turned out to be the perfect move because Krause was really – I'm sorry, Doug Collins, as great a coach as he was and so energetic and all that – he was he was riding an emotional roller coaster being with him, whereas Phil Jackson, you know, was rock solid and was able to manage all those egos, including uh, you know Dennis Rodman who came along later.
1: Yeah, and, and it's interesting because you look at Doug Collins, and obviously when you hear Michael Jordan talk about him, you know Michael loved him because Michael said he put the ball in my hands. Well, listen, <laughs> he he knew which side his bread was buttered on, Teddy. I'm riding with the big guy here.
0: <laughs> yeah, Doug Collins, you know, when Michael averaged 37 plus a game, that was under Doug Collins. So they were a one-man gang for a lot of that, and and Doug rode Michael. Now, you know, look, Phil Phil Jackson gave him tons of credit. He came in and said, Michael, we can't win this way. Phil also benefited from the fact they had a better roster at that point. You know, Scotty um, and Horace Grant were older guys. So uh, everything really came together, and obviously the result was six championships.
1: Yeah, there's no doubt so it did work out, didn't it? <laughs>
0: <laughs> pretty pretty well, exactly.
1: Teddy Greenstein is my guest. He's with the Chicago Tribune. You're listening to ESPN New York tonight here on 987 ESPN. Teddy, you mentioned that you spoke to Michael Jordan's oldest son. What was that like? Tell tell t- tell me about him and and what that conversation was like.
0: Yeah, so he's got uh, he's got uh two old Two sons, Jeffrey and Marcus, they both played college basketball. Jeffrey played at Illinois, transferred to uh, UCF. Marcus was the better player, had a pretty good career at UCF. Jeffrey is uh, a a really grounded guy. I mean, think about how weird it would be to grow up as Michael Jordan's son, and and we saw both kids there in Paris in one of the uh, early episodes. Jeffrey now, um, he lives out in Oregon, he works for the Jordan brand, but he is also carving out his own identity pretty well. And it's just an extremely nice, normal kid. Um, certainly benefited in some ways. He told me how they would have these basketball games basically at the Jordan Mansion. You know, they, they had their own indoor, full-length basketball court. And he'd invite some of the best talent in Chicago to play. But also, you know, growing up with Michael, Michael is obviously one of the most demanding dads you can possibly have. So only one time, he recalled, did the boys work out. Uh, do a basketball workout with Michael, and his dad was completely demanding and relentless. So it was one and done. So super nice kid. He's 31 years old now, recently married, and uh, just feel like we haven't heard that much from him. So I reached out, and he was nice enough to uh, you know entertain me on the phone for a while.
1: It is so interesting because we, I think we kind of feel the same way about LeBron and his kids because mm-hmm. when your dad is that dominant a player. And you yeah. want to go into the same sport that he was in? You wonder, it's like maybe do you ever think about maybe baseball or another sport? Because how are you going to you're going to be compared to him naturally?
0: It's so true. And you know, Jeffrey originally played football uh, at a school out here called Loyola Academy. You know, it reminds me of uh, Jarrett Payton, Walter Payton's son. And he was a soccer player, but he ended up becoming, uh, you know, a talented football player running back. He played at the U, and then he was uh, running back for the Titans for a couple years. So it is funny. It seems like a lot of times those kids say, okay, I'm not going to do it, not going to do it. And then something happens where they end up gravitating to that sport. Like I think about Kobe's daughter, Gigi, like she didn't play basketball for a long time. And then something kicks in where they say, wait a second, my dad's one of the best to ever do it and uh, it it would be unfortunate if I don't try to learn from him.
1: Yeah, there's no question about that. Uh, Teddy, I'm curious, could Doug Collins or Stan Albeck uh, or or Kevin Lockery dealt with Dennis Rodman the way Phil was able to deal with Dennis
0: Rodman? (laughs) It's a great question. I'm going to say no. I I don't know if anybody could have because it just took the right balance. I mean, Dennis was only going to play hard for somebody who he respected. And that was really two guys, you know, it was Chuck Daly, and it was Phil Jackson. Um, but as we saw, in, I think the last episode of last dance, I mean, how many coaches would have said, you know, Dennis Rodman comes to you and says, Hey, I need a vacation. Mm-hmm. How many coaches would have said, okay, do what you got to do. But that's Phil, you know, Phil, he doesn't do what's conventional. He had the respect of all these guys, you know, I don't think it's gotten to it in the last dance yet, but you remember uh, in that series against the Knicks when Michael's retired and Scotty is the man and there's Mm -hmm. 1.8 seconds left. And Scotty says, I'm not going in the game if the play doesn't go to me. So Phil says, fine. You know, Phil, he's out of the game and uh, he puts Pete Myers in. Pete Myers passes to Tony Kukoc, who hits the game winner. So, I mean, it just goes to show you, Phil, you know, the the guy, uh, everything he touched uh, really turned out well. And even in a moment like that where he could have lost Scotty for good, it turned out to be, you know, maybe a 48-hour issue.
1: Teddy, this whole thing with Scottie Pippen is fascinating to me. He's had a couple of moments in his career uh with the Bulls where you're like, you mentioned that one. Then, of course, the migraine. Uh, where he just doesn't perform. And then you look at the contract that he had and the contract back then. And listen, you know, folks who are used to these multi-million dollar deals that folks have in the NBA now, even though it's, it's, and God tell you, it's making me feel old. That's the other part of this last (laughs) dance, but it hasn't been that long ago and people, NBA players were just not making that kind of money now. And you look at him making what he made for that little bit of money. It's, it's, he's almost comes across as a sympathetic figure in the last dance.
0: You know, Scotty did a lot of knuckleheaded stuff, right? I mean, he, okay, look, he can't control the migraine, although it was obviously horrible timing. The 1.8 seconds was very, very selfish. But, I mean, how about the fact that, you know, I don't blame him for not having surgery in the summer. I think that was okay. But then when you say, you know, demanding a trade in the middle of the season because, you know, I don't want to play out my contract. I mean, he signed the contract, and he knew he was going to get paid the next year anyway. So, Um, You know, Scotty did not always get the best advice, uh, whereas, you know, Michael always uh, seemingly was doing the right stuff um, with the media, had had the right image. Even when things went off the rails a little bit with the gambling, it certainly didn't Mm. stick to him that long. Uh, But for all of Scotty's kind of knuckleheaded stuff, he is very, very revered in the city. And part of it is, man, when Michael was retired, Scotty proved that he was, uh, you know, top five player in the league.
1: Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And listen, uh, he changed what the Bulls were able to do when he joined. He was able yep. to give Michael Jordan a consistent number two that he could rely on. And Teddy, I know you've been covering sports a long time. When you look at athletes who are at that level, like a Michael Jordan, like a LeBron James and so on and so forth, they need you to, have, they need the confidence in some of the person that they, when they, <laughs> when they unwillingly or willingly give the ball up. That they know that that's a person that's going to ride with them. That's a person that has their back. And that's what Scotty was for him.
0: Yeah, I mean, you look at how those Bulls teams were constructed. It was really genius in so many ways because you had Scotty, who, you know, he didn't need to shoot it 25 times a game, but he was an amazing defender, rebounder, blocked shots, assist guy. You know, then in your early stretches, you had John Paxson. Then you later had Steve Kerr. You had Horace Grant, who was also, you know, fairly content to just shoot it maybe 10 times in a game. And then Rodman later on, who was happy having a stat line of three points and 18 rebounds. So, you know, you needed that mix of players. And obviously, Scotty was the perfect compliment um, to Michael. And, you know, that's why it worked so beautifully together.
1: Last thing, Teddy. Uh, we know how brutally bad and how hated the rivalry was with Chicago and Detroit. Yep. Obviously. Years later, both teams have struggled. Teddy, is there still a little something there? Is it still a little bit, even though teams, they're nowhere near where they used to be, is there still a little something when the two of them get together?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's so funny. (laughs) Like, people forget Isaiah Thomas is from Chicago. You know I mean? You know it if you've seen uh, Hoop Dreams, but he's now so associated with, you know, played in Indiana and then the Pistons and all that. So it's kind of funny that he's basically a hated guy here. And then still it raises on the whole issue of should they have shaken hands? Should they not have, you know, Bill Lane Beer says, Oh, screw him. I'm glad we didn't. Isaiah keeps straddling the fence. Nobody knows. You know, he keeps changing his story every day. I'm very big on sportsmanship. I thought it was classless that they just walked off the court, especially after the Bulls had congratulated them in previous years. So yeah, I mean, the Bulls Pistons rivalry was great. For the league, but I think bad for the sport of basketball. I mean, you see some of the final scores in those games, you know, 82 76 (laughs) and stuff. The NBA is a lot more entertaining now, in my view.
1: Yeah, well, Teddy, that was the 80s and the 90s, my friend.
0: (laughs) That's what it was. It started with (laughs) the
1: Celtics against the Lakers, and it just continued right through. It really did.
0: But those were fun. Celtics, Lakers, man, those were offensive shows. I mean, it was the Pistons who slowed stuff down, and, and my Knicks, you know, with. Charles oh, Oakley and Pat Riley, you know those scores were in the seventies and eighties sometimes.
1: Well, listen, if you can't beat them, join them. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's true, right, Teddy? That's it. Amen. That, yes. That's
1: why they gave them a lot of trouble, even though they just weren't able to, 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 uh, you know, to get to to get over the hump. And we're that's why it's kind of painful to watch these Teddy. but you know, <laughs> got, got to watch them for work,
0: right? I was there, man. I was there for those uh, tough uh, the, the good John Starks days and uh, the yeah. tougher John Starks days. I was dying then too. All right.
1: Yeah, and unfortunately for us, kinda of like with Chicago, those are the glory days. That's what we're talking about right now. It's amazing. Seriously. Teddy Greenstein from the Chicago Tribune. Freddie, Teddy, thanks for a couple of minutes.
0: You got it, Larry. Take care, man. All right, take care. You are listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on ninety-eight point seven ESPN.